Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we are breaking down for you this Colorado Rockies home series win, despite the fact the way it kind of ended here on a dud against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really good homestand for the Colorado Rockies. We'll get into the some of the fun details uh, about all of it, but let's go ahead and work in reverse chronological order and uh, <clears throat> start with Colorado Rockies 8-4 loss here in this final. A bit of a dud. Uh, John Gray didn't really have it. Seemed like he was going to be able to work out of it. Uh, a sixth inning that turned into an absolute nightmare. And as it turned out, Rockies weren't able to make it 10 in a row at home or a 6-0 and homestand. But still, you know, uh, it looks like we may have lost Patrick for just a minute here. Um, we'll have him back in. But uh, still, as it was, uh, you know, they did manage to get a little bit of a late run there. They were going into the game late, only had one hit, only had one run coming in the first inning uh, from Ryan McMahon after Connor Joe had gotten plunked. Scored three runs in the last couple of innings, so they made it less of an absolute beatdown uh, than it maybe could have been, certainly. But uh, I'm sure we'll have Patrick back in before too long. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it was just they were due for one. Like I said, that this would have been their 10th victory in a row at home. It would have made it a clean sweep for this particular home stand. And, you know, that's, that's just unlikely to happen, even though it seemed every bit the possibility going into today. Uh, you know, just uh, John hasn't had it quite as well as last couple of games. Maybe a little bit of a concern, maybe a small slump. We'll keep our eyes on that as we move forward. But ultimately just, you know, the Rockies, uh, I tweeted this out, but over their last 40 home games, they are 30 and 10, including this one now. So they were kind of due to lose one at some point. Uh, I, got, I see Henry here in the uh, comments asking about when Tapia got injured and what the top, uh, timeline is that he can return. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the exact day for that. It, it's been uh, about a week since he got hurt. Uh, he was out there running around actually at Coors Field today. Uh, he's been running on it a bit more. It, it, there's no exact timetable. They still want to see him sprint, but he's, he's, he's getting close to getting back out. And I don't think he's been out long enough that he'll require a, a rehab stint or anything like that. Uh, you know, with the way that Connor Joe has been playing, certainly, uh, you know, with the way Sam Hilliard has been playing, uh, I think the Rockies have been inclined to take it slow. With Ryan Altapia, you certainly don't need to rush him back, right? You can let him get back to being completely 100%. Uh, there's no reason to get him out there, even if he's at 90%, because one, Rymel Tapia's health in 2022 and beyond is far more important than having him out there to help you win games for the rest of the season. And secondarily, you do have these other guys that, you know, are, are making the most of their playing time. 
and finding out basically through the rest of August and, and into September as much as you can about Connor Joe, Jonathan Daza, Sam Hilliard, uh, even more Garrett Hampson as an outfielder as his defense has been fantastic. So if he can hit at all, you want to find some opportunities for him to play in center field. And, you know, the big pinch hit home run, we'll talk about some of the wins in a second. So, yeah, that's that's my best answer to your question is I would assume that, you know, it'll it won't be too long. But if it took another week, it wouldn't surprise me uh, because no reason to rush Rymal Tapia back with with the way these other guys are going right now. We saw again today uh, to get back into this game today. We'll work, like I said, we'll work backwards chronologically. But Connor Joe getting on base. Uh, three times without getting a hit. And then he went ahead and, and threw in a, an extra base hit for you there late. And so you see like the, uh, he's been an on-base machine and he just, you know, probably the bright spot in, in a bit of a dud game today, him and Ryan McMahon at the top of the lineup. And what was a bad day for Rockies pitching at Coors Field. They were owed one, they were due one. It happens. Uh, but yeah, still you want to keep seeing what those guys have. And so there's no reason for, and yeah, will the walks that, that, that inning was probably the worst one to watch all season. But uh, beyond that, nice to see Connor Joe still doing his thing, Patrick. For the Rymel Tapia fans out there, this is a good problem. This is a good problem to have another guy in there like Connor Joe, because, you know, we still don't know where the sweet spot is. I think for Rymel Tapia, I think he's a, very talented leadoff guy. Maybe he'd be better in the two spot, right? We we don't actually know. Uh, we sure. we saw what Charlie Blackman was able to do once his power started to develop as a leadoff hitter. Then he moved down to the you know the middle parts of the lineup. I don't know if Tapia's power will you know emerge that much. But again, as we talked about with Brendan Rogers moving over to shortstop, you say just let the kid develop, let him just kind of get comfortable in one spot, and he'll figure it out. And so for Ryan Tapia. You know, he, he got very comfortable in the leadoff spot. And I, and I think when he returns, he'll get that spot back. But should he bounce around to other parts in the lineup? I think that could do him really well, too, because he's established himself as an everyday player for this team. Now, has he definitively established himself as this great leadoff hitter? I think he's a very good leadoff hitter for this team, no doubt. But could he be better in another spot in the lineup? Don't know. Could be. Sure. Right? He might not be the prototypical uh, you know, RBI machine in, in the middle of a lineup, but given that opportunity, you know, you, you say, well, you, you're not going to get the home runs out of a Ryan Meltapia batting fifth or sixth in the lineup. And, and six might even be a little too low for what he provides. But on, on some days, if he's batting fifth, you go, okay, well, you don't need to hit a home run with runners in scoring position. You just need a single and story or Blackman, or if we're talking about 2022, it'll be Rogers and McMahon in, that, in the middle parts of that lineup, adding second, third, fourth, and those runs score. So, and Starling you know, again, Martinez. Don't forget about Starling. <laughs> Mark Cass, all those guys you want. <laughs> That's right. So we, we don't necessarily know, you know where he's best. But again, these are, these are good problems to have. Not enough positions. It pushes people out of their comfort zone, forces guys to kind of play with a little bit of pressure on them. I mean, it's one of the reasons why you got what you did out of Jonathan Daza. It's one of the reasons why you didn't get what you should have out of Sam Hilliard. He went and retooled, came back, and has been yeah. contributing really well. So, yeah, Connor Joe's been just just a wonderful story. And uh, I really start I, – I hope that the national media starts to pick up on, you know, some of the things that he's doing, which – you know, on the field might not be necessarily otherworldly, but 
when you take into consideration, you know, some of the things he's had to deal with off the field with testicular cancer and the anniversaries. And again, just how Rocky's fans have supported him with the Joe chants and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a great story that I think all other 29 fan bases could benefit from hearing from and go, Hey, that's a cool story. I mean, even if he was a 29 year old rookie, the way of Tim Melville, when that was a great story. That was fun too. Yeah, yeah, right. Like even if it if you put aside all the other stuff, just being, you know, this kind of late bloomer rookie, the whole situation, and that it is that every day the sample size gets bigger. That's how this that's how it works, right? <laughs> and and he keeps just getting the job done and uh and and really making every single one of his at bats must watch television or, or must listen radio or or whatever it is, must tweet along event for Rockies fans. And it's super cool to have that. And he's helped making this a true summer of CJ. And that's something we need to push. We should yeah, push that yeah. on, on our guy, Eric Weedham of D line. It's, it's the yeah, summer it's of CJ. It really you, is. You know, you know, Connor Joe, CJ Crone. It's the it summer is. of CJ limited print 50 T's. That's it. Once they're sold out, we're not going to do it again. Super limited edition. If you know, you know, Summer of CJ, it's, it's been really about those two guys in so many ways. All right. Before we move on to uh, the more fun stuff, the rest of the series, the rest of the homestand, some numbers that were kind of blowing my mind. Uh, any other thoughts, Patrick, on on this one today? Anything that you saw that you wanted to dive into? It wasn't it really wasn't wasn't much after all these really fun, exciting games they've been playing. It, it was weird to watch them just go out. and. Saturday's game was I felt was similar where, you know, D-backs didn't get up early, but it was two, nothing Zach gowns dealing, you know, he even, he even bats in the seventh inning, which is just something you don't typically see out of a, you know, a pitcher in, in, in the NL. And yet they were able to come back and get the two in the eighth, the walk-off home run uh, from Diaz in the ninth. And we'll, we'll get to that, but there was kind of, it's almost a similar feeling or at least it could have been once you got to that, sixth inning and gray just didn't have it gilbreth with the walks and you go ahead and subtract that again what if what could have been you know you you change any one detail that that could change the complexity of the game but you know you toss that inning out and you have a better sixth or even if gilbreth is able to contribute a little bit more maybe that stymies the d-backs offense just a little bit and buys enough time for the Rockies offense, which we saw them go ahead and chip in with some of those late runs. And you thought, all right, going to the ninth, it's eight, three. It's a lot harder to do, but it wouldn't shock you if we were sitting here saying, what a weekend. Can you believe they did it? And how did they get it done? Of course, CJ Crone. Oh, Elias Diaz came into bat for the pitcher. Of course, like all of these things, it wouldn't have shocked you in the least bit. And so you have a different sixth inning. Maybe you don't even have those those three runs every inning after that because they scored in four straight frames. Uh, even if you have one or two of them, yeah, you say the result could have been entirely different. So the six that was really where the game was ultimately decided. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what a brutal one it was with all the walks, as Will pointed out earlier. And it, it's tough when you give a game away like that. You don't really make them fully earn it or, or you feel it. Not, not that you don't, you can't earn walks. And there were some pretty good takes in there, I will say, but 
it was like a 30 minute long inning with one ball put in play. It was, it was brutal. It, it was almost as if, again, if, if the, the narrative, if this was a playoff team uh, or if it was the NFL, you know, cause there's just so few games right. you say, ah, they were already thinking about going to Chicago, winning two out of three, which if you're a postseason team, you're just looking ahead and you're like, let's whoop these guys. They've already, they're tanking the rest of the season. We might be able to sweep, but let's just go out and dominate yeah. game one. And and to a degree, maybe that that was the case. You know, they're looking at the standings and they're listening to our podcast, which we know. They're, they're, no. Of course, they play in the clubhouse, right? Do we, we know yeah. that, right? No, yeah. no, there's not. But uh, the, the, the we, days are Side what gets played in the clubhouse ahead of time, and we know John Gray puts the podcast on. Right. <laughs> yes. The previous. Yeah. The, that day, starting pitcher decides which podcast to listen right. to. Uh, <laughs> Chichi Gonzalez. Fun fact: very big cereal fan. So, oh, anyway, <laughs> but but you know we we had kind of said you know what after uh, Wednesday's victory over San Diego they sweep them you go wow okay they're like eleven and a half out. You know, they're creeping up on the Mets. We don't need to look at this every day. Let's check back in after the D-back series. I thought they would sweep them. It was so close. It was close. <laughs> and that's where you get in that headspace. Yeah. And maybe you're yeah. looking ahead to the Cubs a little bit. Look, they're, they're, they're not the 1927 New York Yankees, nor okay. should we keep them to that standard. But, you know, do they take their eye off today? Maybe. Who knows? But still, 5-1 and one on this homestand. They, they, they look dominant and they, man, they really make it fun to come out to Coors Field. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, and I was looking through the stats because I know they've still been bad on the road, but as we know, they've been better. The, the bar wasn't especially high. <laughs> so better was, was going to be pretty easy to achieve, but still. It's relative. <laughs> uh, they did achieve it. But overall, since the end of May, the Rockies have basically hovered at five games over 500. They've been comfortably. So it was 42 and 37 before. So it's 42 and 38 now since I'd have to look at it again, May 21st or something like that. I, I tweeted it out. You can go and find. So you got to follow on social media uh, and all of those good things. But it's, it's wild to me. And of course that, that comes from them now being 30 and 10 over their last 40 games at home. <laughs> which is obscene and absurd and unsustainable ultimately. But you go, yeah, they've just generally been playing better baseball. They got off such a horrible start, obviously, and all of those games count too. But uh, it, it's been wild to see what the home dominance has led to. Like you said, these weird things where you look down, you're like, there are 11 games out of a wild card spot. No, that can't possibly be true. Like There it was, you know, and, so, so we'll see what happens from here on out. But let's go ahead and move backward chronologically. Let's get to the really fun stuff, and let's—I'll uh, get a couple of—I'll get a couple of them here at, in one. Let's toast our Breck brews on this glorious Sunday uh, to our draft king of the game. Couldn't bring ourselves. Could have been Connor Joe. Could have been Ryan McMahon. But look, they—they they made it a little bit more fun at the end there. We got to go back a game and give it to Elias Diaz. How can you not love what this dude has been doing lately, Patrick? The three-run walk-off home run in a vacuum, given that he's already had some big walk-off hits earlier in this season. 
you're going, man, look at this guy. And we know the turnaround and all that stuff. But the quality of the at-bat that he had, I, I called it on Twitter. I said, as soon as he hit it, my first thought was, that was the at-bat of the year for the Colorado Rockies. It's maybe the at-bat of the last couple of years in terms of just the ability to battle and fight, stay with what a pitcher was trying to do. He changed his strategy through the at-bat because he'd been staying on the fastball. He ultimately adjusted to knowing he was going to get that slider, stayed inside of it, hit it hard for the three-run walk-off. And for a guy who was the worst hitter in baseball for two months. It, it was incredibly impressive all around because he was down 0-2 for the entirety of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Missed the first pitch slider down and in or down and away to him. Fouled off three, ball in the dirt, ball. Fouled off three more, and then fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You're not going to fool Elias Diaz twice. He <laughs> hits a homer. Almost very similar pitch there on, on the 10th one of the at-bat, and that that was just fantastic. His 14th of the season, and, yeah, we talked about it all, all season, or at least in the last month-plus that he's been doing it. It's It's really refreshing to get that kind of power from the catcher spot and Diaz has, has been fantastic and he hasn't been hitting quite as many home runs, you know, as, as he did during that, that one stretch of right. games, but even still over the last week, he's batting three or four. And in the last 15 games, he's played three homers. Still that that's, that's decent amount one every five days, but batting three thirteen. So he's, he's just putting the ball in play, making just much better contact and still managing this rotation that has been uh, in, in many different capacities and using various statistics to, to point it out has been one of the best overall in the game. Maybe lacks that one definitive true ace. Well, Herman Marquez is, is there. And there's gonna be a lot more talk about that nationally with him, but even still their names that people might not think of off the top of their head, but bottom line is the Rockies starting pitching is at the top of MLB right now in Elias Diaz and Don Nunez, but Elias Diaz is, is, has been a big part of that, I think. And, and he, he deserves a lot of that credit. That's a great point. And I'm glad you bring that up because I feel like I keep forgetting it in lieu of numbers like this uh, <laughs> over his last 54 games. And I actually grabbed that for a specific reason. Yes. It's a little bit cherry picking because his last 53 games is when he's really gotten hot. I went back one more actually, because 54 games is what? Exactly one-third of a Major League Baseball season. Uh, now, catchers don't usually play 162 games in a season, so you, you can say this is actually more than a third of a catching season. But th So this is the kind of sample size we're talking about here. He's hitting 275 on basing 345, slugging 567. That's an OPS of 913, 14 homers, 30 ribbies, 19 walks to only 23 strikeouts in those 54 games. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the the kind of, if somebody would have told you coming into the season, that's what your catcher is going to do, you know, for the season, obviously you say that's so far beyond uh, what you typically expect offensively for catcher. And he's only done it for a third, but that's, those are some spicy numbers. 
It, it really is. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that has helped Colorado's offense, particularly at home, is just kind of stretching that lineup out. You know, Charlie, one of the reasons why he's, his power has been down and he's had, got, had only nine home runs this season is pitchers just they're, – they're not throwing him strikes. They're not, not giving the fastball the way he's kind of used to it. And so it's one of the reasons why, as hot as C.J. Crone has been at times – and he was in he was in line for going into today potentially being a player of the week candidate again for the second time in three weeks. And I got some interesting stats about that. But you didn't see him batting cleanup or batting third and say, oh, give him that many more at bats in a game. And it's Man. it's about lineup protection. It's about all of those guys. Otherwise, you just walk them. That's it. You just can pitch around a guy right. and it becomes that easy. You saw that with Cattell Marte. He's batting at the top of the D-backs lineup, and you saw it in the ninth. They're like, no, just give him a free base because we're not threatened by the guy that's on deck. And you you need to have that kind of fear. And so Crone's doing that. Elias Diaz is doing that in the lineup. You got Crone batting fifth you and, and Diaz batting seventh. You wedge Ryan McMahon there in the middle. And then, again, he's going to get some better pitches to, to select from. Right. And it's just this, this trickle-down effect. Uh, that you can have with good roster construction. So uh, you're, you're seeing that, that element come into play and there's no real mathematical way to, to calculate lineup maximization. Like there, you will see those kind of articles that come out, but it's mainly over the span of an entire season and say, Hey, if you have a guy that on average does this, where he hits 333, well, every game he has three at bats, he's going to get one hit. We know that's not always true in, in practicality. So right. again, you mix and match. And so I think Buddy's done a good job in trying to figure out how to work the lineup. It's worked great at home. And I and while the offense has been awful on the road, I don't think you can really necessarily contribute that to the lineup. And I think you can contribute it to the lineup at home conversely. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I think that's exactly right. And so, you know, okay, one last thing on Elias Diaz before we move off of him is uh, these are, I guess I should say technically two, these are two different stats. But on May 18th, Diaz had an OPS of 323, an OPS of 323. Now it's 750 before, well, he didn't play today, so it's 750. Um. That was a an OPS plus in the 30s in late May. Now 90. He's brought his OPS plus all the way up to 90 in the last 54 games. That's incredible considering where he was. So one of the most extreme turnarounds, I will say this. It certainly since I've been covering the Rockies, but I feel like since I've been watching the Rockies, I can't remember the last time I've seen a player have such a bad start. And then such a full and quality and complete turnaround for no real apparent reason other than he's just hitting better now. He's having better at-bats. So good stuff there. Uh, Speaking of, by the way, some good stuff. Good stuff from Hassle Cattle Company. You know it. You love it. You've had some. You get it. The Wagyu beef is great. It's delicious. It's good for you because it's not pumped full of all those hormones and antibiotics and all that garbage that they can put in beef in other places. You get 10% off and use promo code DNVR10. Really, really good stuff. I'm a big fan of the grand the grand beef. I'm calling it grand beef and grand chuck from now on. Because it really is. It's fantastic stuff. 
They're constantly throwing you promos too. If you're checking in on that stuff, you're going to get it cheaper than you're going to get stuff that you would get at the grocery store that's pumped full of nonsense and isn't as good tasting. And it's just, just don't do it. There's no reason to buy beef at the grocery store these days. Check out Hassel Cattle Company. It's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use promo code DNVR10. You'll get 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, you will get free shipping. If you use DNV, if you use code DNVR20, it won't work. So that's why you use code DNVR10. If you order a hundred dollars of beef from Hassel Cattle Company, you have to pay for shipping. So order two hundred dollars and it's free. You see how that works? Yeah, that's great. DNVR10. Your, your logic is undeniable. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, speaking, although if you do, or if you, if you do use code DNVR20 and it works, let us know right away. Cause that's a glitch. We will gladly tell them about after we use it, but yeah. I mean, it, could, it couldn't hurt to try it, but yeah. DNVR10 definitely works. Uh, you're a regular old cut up there, Mr. Lines. And actually, you know, who's only slightly funnier than you? Who? Is that possible? Kurt Brownholler. Oh, yeah, he's actually very funny. Actually, he's extraordinarily funny. Are you, I assume you're a Bob's Burgers guy. You've seen yes. some Bob's Burgers. I don't, I don't know what voices he he does, though. He's just <laughs> a, 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 he pops on once in a while. Yeah, he's one of those. Does a lot of that stuff. He would, uh, Well, he had he had a comedy team. It was him and Kristen Schaal. Yeah. Who's from right. Longmont, I think. She, right. So she, I at least think was born in Longmont. She's she a, got she's the voice of, of Louise. Yeah. Um. So, dude is Kurt's hilarious. Coming down to the funny. Gothic, which is one of my favorite uh, venues out here in Denver. Denver? <laughs> where, where, where is this place? Kurt, he's filming a, a Kurt, like I know I'm on first, basically we're on first base, first name basis here. But he's filming a stand-up comedy special television at the Gothic Theater, that's Sunday, awesome. August 29th. So that's a week from as I'm, Talking to you live, if you're here on the YouTube, you're getting this recording. It'll probably be the next morning, but wherever you're getting it, make sure that you get your tickets now as soon as you can. They're on sale for only, wait, what? $12.75? Is that a typo? I might have to get down to the show. Uh, come out to the Gothic. If you haven't experienced, call it out of the fullest. It's a whole lot of fun. Kurt Brownell really is really, really funny. Uh, you got to check it out. So get your tickets to the Gothic Theater next. I almost said this. Is it this Sunday or is it next Sunday? If I'm speaking as of right now, I guess technically it would be next. And then yeah. on Monday it would be this Sunday, yeah. August 20th. I've gone to a lot of comedy shows, and it's Denver has actually one of the best comedy scenes in the country as far as locals go. Denver Comedy Works, Gothic Theater. These venues are widely regarded as some of the best in the country. When comedians talk about coming to Denver, they rave about it. I listen to a lot of stuff with comedians, and they don't get excited to go to a lot of different places. But Denver, they do. And so shows are always great just about anywhere you go. But the fact that this is for uh, a comedy special, I've, I've never gone to a special like a taping before, like to think that your laugh on this day on August 29th is going to be encased in Amber and you're listening to either Sirius XM radio or you're listening on Spotify. You might be able to kind of pick up your laugh or even just remember what it was like on that night where, Oh yeah, there's this weird woman in the front row and she brought a cat 
like this happened at I think a Michael Showalter show, and he just riffed on the person bringing a cat and be like, I was there for that show. I saw that lady. I heard the cat an hour earlier when the warm up guy was going on the opener. Right, right. right. So the fact that it's for a special is just like icing on the cake. And then twelve seventy five just means you're able to order like three times as many Breck brews. I think I roughly. I was going to say, I know where the extra money goes on that show. I'm straight up. As soon as you buy tickets, after you buy tickets, the next thing is immediately make sure you call out of work for the next day. You say, I got a doctor's appointment on the 30th. Just, you know, it's going to be right. a fantastic night. Don't worry about getting up for work the next day. Treat yourself. And if you're going, let me know, because I seriously might be taking the fiance. If tickets are still available, let me know. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll grab some beers. Um so yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Speaking of a whole lot of fun, uh, not to be lost in the Elias Diaz walk-off, Kyle Freeland has been having a whole lot of fun as of late. Another very quality start for him. It was a weird one in a way because he absolutely dominated, except in one inning where he totally lost it for a second. <laughs> He just completely lost it, gave up a home run. It was it was almost a minor miracle. He didn't end up giving up more than the two that he did. It was kind of hit hard in that inning. But, uh, you know, as of late – oh, shoot, it went away from me. I got Well, another. he was – to be fair, he was Matt. coming – he was going up against the new legend that is Dalton Varsho. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> right? that, was the, that was the home run he, he definitely <laughs> wanted to have back. And, and Varsho, a single – Short of the cycle. That's right. I don't know that I've ever said that. Or yeah, that's a weird that. one. Yeah. A single short of a cycle. I think there's a way you can sort that. I may need to go and kind of research that. They, I think I, I've seen in different uh, media guides, they call it like a shikle. Like it's shy. Oh, it's like you're yeah. one hit sure. shy of the cycle. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't exactly. really roll off the tongue very well. But nevertheless, Freeland it, got tagged by the new legend of Dalton Marshall. He did. He did. Uh, yeah, he was a monster this series. And, uh, you know, fair enough. You, you you love to see a young guy. By the way, very impressive jawline. <laughs> Dalton Marshall looks like he was drawn in a comic book. So you got to appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, another one of these for you over his last 11 games. We know those first couple back, it was a lot of rehab stuff. Uh, Kyle talked to our friend Drew Goodman on his most recent episode of the podcast, a lot about that and how he really was still getting back to full health and full ability. And since then, well, 11 games started. He's pitched 64 innings. He's got a 253 ERA and opponents are batting 244 on basing 283 and slugging just 357 against him. And he's missing more bats. That's yeah. the other element to this that, I I don't quite understand yet, and I'm okay with that. 61 and, strikeouts to 12 walks. Yeah, one. you know, his he did have those uh, when, once he started rolling and, and start number six and seven this year against Seattle and Pittsburgh. So you're like, yeah, those offenses, you know, aren't that great. Seattle a little bit better, but he struck out seven in those in his his last six, six Ks, and that's against the Dodgers, four against the Padres, Five, six, six, and then ties a career high against Arizona with the ten. Mm. And you say, is this a thing? Like he's he's just missing more bats. He's still, you know, he's still got the whip down. He's still inducing those ground balls, getting the double plays, pitching well, going long. 
but now there's more strikeouts. I don't know if that's something that's going to continue or yeah. if he's, he's unlocked something, or even if he's just, you know, playing around and you almost hope that he is in a sense, like, all right, what if I try to miss more bats? Because his bread and butter isn't that it's just inducing weak content. But what if, you know, what if I go and try to miss more of those bats? Let's see what happens. Maybe I can do both things. Maybe I can be effective and strike out a bunch of guys. It's so far he has been able to manage that fairly well. And so that could be an interesting aspect of his game going forward. Yeah, I I think, you know, based on on hearing him on Goodman's podcast and what I've been seeing, if that is a thing, it's related to his new sort of approach to pitch selection. Uh, they talked about this a lot on the broadcast. You can go on baseball savant and see. He's basically just throwing his fastball way less often than he used to, which is interesting because you go back and look at his 2018 season when he was, you know, fourth in Cy Young. He was very, very effective with the fastball, but it hasn't been quite as good for him recently. And he's gone to an approach now where he's throwing his curveball, his slider, and his changeup a lot more often. And he's basically in, in any count at all, you know, he's, he's going to throw those pitches. And so I think, you know, he's getting more swings and misses mostly because guys just, you know, in 2019, when he really struggled, I think guys more or less knew what to sit on, what counts he was liking to go to certain things. And that his fastball doesn't quite have that velo to beat big league hitters constantly, unless he's living right on the edges, but if they're sitting fastball and he throws change up slider or curveball, he's going to get weaker contact or swings and misses. And he's been doing that so much more lately commanding, especially the slider and curveball. I feel like this year. Yeah, he's almost thrown the slider as much as the fastball. Almost like, as much, yeah. Yeah, the, the fastball percentage dipped down. And even last year you saw it where he was tinkering in 2020 and he say, okay, he's getting him back on track or he's he's definitely not what he was in 2019 because he threw the changeup and slider more than the fastball last year. And I think that probably you know, was able to help his confidence and to tinker with a few things. And the changeup's not too far behind at 19%. The curveball at 17%. And even the slider is at 12%. He's throwing, or excuse me, the sinker, he's throwing that a lot more up, up to 12.7%. So it's the pitch mix. That's that's really yeah. what it's about. You know, hitting is about timing and pitching is about messing up that messing timing, up timing. <laughs> which Freeland has do, always done really well with. That's why he's he's had the weak content contact. But now he's messing up the time timing to the point where they're just missing the ball altogether rather than just missing it off the barrel and, you know, rolling over on one. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's definitely has un unlocked something there and, and I hope to see some more of it going forward. Yeah. Been a whole lot of fun. Of course, one other thing we know is a whole lot of fun is getting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, placing a few bets. I nearly, Patrick, I almost nailed this giant same game parlay between <laughs> the Cardinals and the Brewers and then the Cardinals totally messed me up in one big inning. It just, it all went away. It, it, it was it was all right. I had guy all the right guys who got hits. I had the Brewers over in the first five innings. I had you know guys on both teams getting hits. So all, all the things I needed the over. I think on on Brandon Morrow getting strikeouts. All I needed was the car or the Brewers to hold on and win the baseball game, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it, and I just it was like a plus nine hundred same game parlay. Is the John Boy and Jake curse? They're there in Milwaukee today. That's it. And that's why Woodruff didn't get the job done. Oh, you see John Boy take a dive? No, I did not. Worker shoot. No, really? You didn't see him go down? 
Oh, you no. got you to hop on the Twitter machine. He, he hurt himself? Actually, I think he, uh, I'm kind of laughing a little bit, but they've been tweeting it out and having fun, so I feel like I'm allowed to. I think he did kind of hurt himself a little bit. But, I mean, he, yeah, he, he, it looks like he ate it in the race. Yeah. Oh, was he one of the sausages? He, he was one of the sausages. Oh, he, yes. Oh, he yeah, they no. got to you didn't see it. oh you no, got, I, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it i i saw a clip of of something of those guys uh i i've i took a drive to estes park early this morning and yeah. oh, randomly okay. on the way back saw some bears so that was the first time I'd, i've seen bears hey. mother and, and his two cubs uh affectionately named rizzo and gallo i think um <laughs> no, gallo wasn't a cub it would have been brian but yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I, I remember the sausage races being Randall Simon taking his bat and clunking one of the sausage in the head. And I always thought going forward, they just had employees doing that because it's too yeah. dangerous to have it's people dangerous. to sign a waiver and go and do something just in case they get hurt. So if John Boy, you know, did get a little banged up, I mean, now it's going to be another decade until any civilian is ever allowed inside any costume, inside any sports Indeed. stadium. Just in lawsuits case. on top of lawsuits. Gonna it's going to be, gonna go, yeah, years. the John Boy rule. Like, no one, you have to be an employee of the team to put any type of head atop your head. So if you would, I don't think you can go on DraftKings Sportsbook and bet whether or not a sausage is going <laughs> to eat it in the race. Chorizo. Always bet on chorizo. That's it. If you can bet on WWE on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, you should be able to bet on the sausage race. You should be able to do racing the presidents. That uh-huh. should be another oh. one in DC. Uh, the anchormen in San Diego, and the legends, quote unquote. If you're watching live, you know I'm quote unquote legends for legends. the D-backs. Yeah, there's some good players, but DraftKings Sportsbook needs to get that on there. So let's get that. Until then, you can do some strikeouts, some over-unders on runs scored, who's going to get a hit. You know all the good stuff. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. You'll receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any college football game. It's promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I wonder if you'd be able to bet if Ralphie takes down one of his or her handlers, right. or if Ralphie ever makes right. the appearance again. I don't know if that's something they decide to shut down at some point for college football games. And as Wild Innocent reminds us, the tooth trot, thankfully, has not returned to Coors Field. R.I.P. Would Would you like to see, what would, what would the race be? If the Rockies did a dumb race that, again, doesn't have to be dumb. I mean, everyone else sure. is going to think it's dumb. Do you want the legends? Do you want a big old bobblehead of like Dante Bichette? Man. Do you want it to be at least the Rockies have some else? fun legends? So that would be if you had like Bichette and Walker and Castillo, that could be kind of fun. But like uh, dinosaurs. Oh no, no, yes. <laughs> My response to that is no. Yes, that is exactly right. It the should Velociraptor, be the Stegosaurus, the Triceratops, and the Dude, T-Rex. you just unlocked it. You just <laughs> unlocked it. That's 100%. We don't need to go any further. I'm like, let's think about some foods. I'm like, yeah, Denver's got great food. What is it known for? Done. Dinosaurs. That's it. That's what it needs to be. Will's isn't bad either with native animals, a ram, a trout, a buffalo, and a bear. 
That's almost too good, though. That's like yeah. too good of an. That's almost too good of an idea. Like, it's so great because I would love to see a trout running on the <laughs> field. Will no, that is a good idea, though. That is a good idea. <laughs> I will say, I was reading them. I went the trout. I mean, I guess. It's or funny. maybe the Rockies sign Mike Trout to some kind of friendly deal where you don't have to play, but once <laughs> a game, we will parade you on the field to race these other people in costumes. Um, yeah, why not? All right, and finally here, uh, in the first game, again, we're working our way backwards chronologically. The Rockies with a 9-4 win. Very solid, but not super great game from Austin Gomberg. Couldn't quite get the full quality start, but Coors Field quality start. Serviceable start. Serviceable. Yeah. Five innings, three earned runs, three strikeouts, three walks. Uh, a little more hittable than we've seen him in the past, especially at Coors Field, but uh, you'll take that more often than not. Uh, surprisingly, Pretty great game out of the bullpen uh, in yeah. that one <laughs> with Stevenson, Chassin, Estevez, and Gilbreth only allowing one run between them. Uh, Stevenson, and it was on Stevenson, who who I think is he only walked in a run again today, but I, I still, he's one of the few guys who gets me potentially excited about the future internally with the Rockies. And I go, where could they get internal improvement in the bullpen? Robert Stevenson is one of the first names I go right to. And I think he's showing again, the stuff is there. He's just got to harness it. I think, I think to a degree, the same is true of Carlos Estevez. I mean, we know his upside. Yeah. I, I really begin to think that we could begin to see, or, or maybe it was the start on Tuesday night where Estevez got the final outs against the Padres. And I thought, you know, Bart had already pitched, I think two games in a row. So you weren't mm -hmm. going to him. But the fact that he was able to shut down the ninth there made me think, mm, there could be something here to this. There there could be something going on with the switch. But uh, Bard did uh, pick up the save the other night uh, after that. So uh, I don't know necessarily if that will be true. But everyone in the lineup got a hit, including Gomber. He he did not look good in the first two innings. Like really labored right. on his pitches. You know, you thought maybe, hey, here's a great story. He has a He has a child. Uh, his second child, so nice first. So maybe you know the narrative isn't there just yet. But yeah, as a kid, even. you know, goes out, throws like a no hitter, and you go, "Wow, is that for your son?" He's like, "I haven't slept for three days. I've been just changing diet. As soon as we change, boom, yeah. that baby's yeah. rocketing out. You know, fruit juice like every ten minutes after that, and you go, "Wow, what? That's the story right there." And then no, it's it was the complete opposite. But he was able to grind out those five innings. Like that was crucial we were talking in the press box like this game is going to be about four hours it was on pace at one point for three hours and 56 minutes almost exactly through the first three innings yeah. and then it was 316 oddly enough cm punk 43 48 so that's how i remember the time of game but gomber was able to grind in there like i said everyone got a hit in the lineup hilliard pinch hit triple which was was a huge was spot awesome. uh david peralta tripled Earlier that inning, it was the first time two guys had a pinch hit triple in the, same, yeah. in the same game, or actually even same inning since 1990, something absurd like that. Yeah. And uh, and and Hampson, Homer, and stolen base. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we left out uh, the the pinch hit, the two run pinch hit home run from Hampson in in game two as well. So since yes. you're on Hampson there, uh, really really nice series. Yep for Garrett Hampson. That was super cool to see. And, and cause it really was one of those situations where Zach Allen had been so good and he's been great at Coors Field. He's been great against the Rockies. He had not a great season this year, but in general, he's been very, very good. 
And so it was like, well, shoot, he only gave you two innings to try to get after somebody else. And uh, they, so they needed to get right after him, and Hampson did. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the guy's getting it done in this one. Brendan Rodgers with 21 hits or oh. hits in 21 of his last 22 games. Holy cannoli, is that guy on fire? Oh, and the defense. And probably about 21 great plays defensively in his last X amount of games. He that- yeah, he had three really great plays and nearly had the fourth in the ninth. He he was too quick, was actually. Wild. He was so far away, he had to range out into shallow right field. And he actually almost got to, he got to the ball too quickly yeah. with his little sliding grab over the shoulder. Didn't grab it, but that's fine because he was able to shut down the D-backs with the bases loaded, a nice diving catch to his right, the backhand. And that that was the game in a nutshell. Rogers' defense has really stepped up a lot in the past past couple of weeks. It, it's funny because we, you know, we talk about defensive runs saved and how that's, you know, and wins above replacement and how saving a defensive run and having a win are not the same thing as hitting a walk off or doing whatever. But it's pretty rare that when someone makes a great defensive play, you can directly say that saved two runs definitively. Yeah. It just did. Two runs would have scored and the game would have been tied if Brendan Rodgers hadn't caught that ball. You go, that's amazing. You get one of those in a month. You get one of those in half a season. You feel really good about the the clutchiness uh, of your defensive play. To in the next inning or two innings later, throw a guy out at home plate, which is another definitive. There's no argument there. If you don't throw him out at home, he scores. And if you do, he doesn't. He took three runs straight off the board in a game that was tied going into the ninth and gave Elias Diaz the opportunity to hit that, that walk. So it's just like, come on, man. Oh, no, that was the other game. Was that in the other game? But it could have been. But the relay throw was Friday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so that, that was in the game that, that, that could have gotten tied up and the Rockies end up pulling away. Yeah. Winning it. Yeah, so Crow had Crow went three for five, had two doubles, two RBI. Ooh. And it was like, okay, let's see what happens. Saturday night was was on the more quiet side. That's Didn't do anything quiet. today's game. But I actually found out that in uh, uh, eight different players have won the Player of the Week award twice in a season. Larry Walker did it in 97, his MVP year. Bichette in 99. Helton did it in 2000 and 2005. Yeah. Garrett Effin Atkins, and that was his middle name, did yeah. it in 2006. Holly did it twice in 2007. Ellis Burks actually has the record. He did three times in 96. Yes. Really now, Cargo good. did it twice in a month in 2010. End uh, of July, July 27th, August 1st, and then August 23rd. Cargo's finish in 2010 is, is absurd. <laughs> absurd. And just when you think, like, oh, okay, that's probably as good as you can get twice in a month. Troy Tulowitzki, same year, around the same time in 2010, he won it in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Sixth through the twelfth, thirteenth through the nineteenth. Three seventy with six homers and eleven RBI. Yeah. Three forty-six the next week, six homer homers, seventeen RBI. He hit fifteen home runs in fifteen games. Back-to-back player of the week awards. I'm pretty yeah. sure you can't do better than that. I think that no, might be yeah. a record that stands for a while. Yeah. Yeah, God, he was good. It really sucks he couldn't stay healthy. 
Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, Kroner with a real opportunity to win Player of the Month here. And yes. um, and again, I was going back and, and looking at his stats, and and it's basically been a similar thing for him. You know, it, he had a cold month to start that didn't look that cold because he was still walking and he is on base has actually been good all year. So that's why he didn't have the like Elias Diaz moniker of like, Ugh. Uh, but really it's, it's over his last 60 ball games. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Like I did with the other guys. Crone has been phenomenal. So it's not just this month. This has obviously been his hottest. He's gotten hotter and hotter as the season's gone on, but he's been very good for quite some time. now. I went back to look at the numbers and it was 12 games. It was literally just 12 games to start the season where he didn't look great. And, you know, played well and then might have had a, a little, you know, dry patch for, for a couple games. But ultimately, every month has been on the consistent side where you look at it and you go, okay, yeah, it's that's fine or that's that's good or that's great. He really hasn't, like you said with Diaz, it, it, it wasn't this, you know, prolonged poor start. It really just, just was out of those first two weeks. And he's been playing really well, made some really good plays defensively. Uh, he, he picked a big one out of the dirt on, on Friday night. And so he, uh, as, as someone said on Twitter, and I thought this was very astute, he's almost playing himself out of the Rockies market. Like if he continues <laughs> to play so well, other teams are going to notice. And he's going to say, you know, I was all set to come back on a two-year deal, but you know what? I'm getting more money elsewhere. And so, you know, you can't begrudge a guy of that, but we'll, we'll see how that ends up playing out. But yeah. You would love for him to come back. You, you no would doubt. also, uh, uh, I was going to say, <clears throat> there's something to be said to, to staying in the place where you've uh, put yes, up the, by far the best season of your career, right? So, we'll, yeah, we'll see what the dollar amounts come down to. And there are also some pretty big name first base free agents. He's not getting Fred Freeman, Anthony, R- Fred, Freddie, Fred, I forgot. I forgot I was, and you know all these guys so well. You know, I'm just Starling, your friend Starling, who plays in Oakland. That's all you're going to say right now. I don't want to divulge any more information and reveal his identity. Wouldn't want to know. But, yeah, that'll that'll be fun and interesting to see how that ends up playing out. Absolutely. Um, one last thing I do have to mention, and uh, I got to assume everyone out there, the heat of the summer, you're getting manscaped. You're being manscaped. You're feeling manscaped. You're living manscaped. Because if not, ugh. <laughs> come on. Come on. Ugh. Disgusting. Come on, fellas. In the words of, of Sill. Disgusting from Sopranos, Stephen Van Zandt. You gotta get, you gotta get manscaped, fellas. Look, you're gonna feel better because that, that ain't fun having all that garbage down beneath the belt. You're gonna smell better, be less hot, sticky, and all that stuff. And maybe most importantly, depending on how you're feeling these days, gonna be better for whoever's taking care of you, taking care of your business, taking care of your situation. To get Manscaped, do everyone involved with the situation a favor and get Manscaped. It's absolutely fantastic with the performance package 4.0 that they give you. You get that lawnmower 4.0, nice tight shave, give you some spritzer, give you some deodorant, give you some of them really comfortable boxers, some of the most comfortable boxers you've ever worn in your life. And you get 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code DNVR. Cannot recommend it more highly, gentlemen. Could change your life. You never know. It also might just make you feel a lot better than you do if you're not manscaped. So do 
and use promo code DMVR. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. All right, Patrick, final thoughts on the homestand, the home Rockies, the home situation that you have witnessed over the last couple of days. Uh, like you said, man, like the whole lineup was fun throughout right up until they weren't anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, we've, we've seen the bumps. We've seen some fun. They, they were due, I think, for a loss almost 10 in a row at home. But, uh, boy, it sure is fun to watch some baseball where uh, – the guys are having fun. You said something the other day about Trevor Story's smile being back. And that, that really struck me. I can't remember where you said that, but I was like, yeah, man, this team is having fun. Yeah. You knew Trev, you know, he took himself out on the trade deadline day because he was anticipating what everyone thought was going to happen. It wasn't guaranteed to happen, but we all thought it was going to happen. Took himself out. And since then he's played great leading the team. We've seen with the bat flips, you know, he made a, Great play the other day defensively, and mm. you just you're seeing that joy back in him. That you know was there was was kind of you know under the surface you know at the start of the month, but now especially with how they've been able to win and the young guys around them st- around him starting to emerge, and it's just okay, cool. There's there's no pressure. This is all just just fun. Let's go out there. It's win. Let's you know beat a couple teams that are expecting to beat us. And I think that's what's interesting going down the stretch. You've got Atlanta, the Giants twice, the Dodgers, and then you finish up on the, with the Nationals, sweep those guys out to wrap up the season. So it's, it's, it's their own little mini playoffs. And that's an easy way to sell it, too, if you're Bud Black. It's not just, hey, we got one month left to do it, you know, even at home in, in particular, where they feel most comfortable. That's, that's an easy sell, even if you're playing the Cubs and Marlins and whoever. But the fact that it's against – you know, all of these playoff teams that are actually bringing very talented players and you can't, you know, skirt around the issue and say, yeah, well, that lineup's not very good. Okay, that's fine. We can have that conversation. We could talk about that. But but oh, Giants, Atlanta, Dodgers, these teams are going to bring the players. So this is a real great test. It's kind of lining up really nicely. And you hope that, again, yeah. something positive can come out of this to roll over for next year. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, if you're looking forward, we're going to have a great show for you tomorrow on Monday. Podcast listeners, make sure that you're checking that one out. We'll preview the series with the Cubs. Got some thoughts, of course, on Miguel Cabrera continuing to be one of the greatest players in the history of baseball, reaching another milestone. We'll break all that down for you. We'll take a look around the league. We are, as Patrick was just kind of talking about there, you know, getting into this final stretch now. Rockies aren't going to be well. They are going to be a factor. I was about to say they're not going. To, they're, they're not going to the postseason, but they may well decide who in the National League does go to the postseason. So we'll be breaking all of that down. What it looks like, who's surging, who's not, uh, who we think is going to, you know, ride this thing out and, and make it big in 2021. It's been a fun baseball campaign. Got a little over a month left to go. So make sure you're joining us for that one. Make sure you're following everyone on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick B. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You subscribe to the DNVR.com so you get access to all the written content. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel. You get discounts on hats and shirts, and you get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You get a free shirt if you order the annual from our merch store. I'm sure there's other stuff that I've forgotten right now, but the biggest thing really 
and not to be a sap, but you all know that I am, is that you get to be a part of the DNVR family. And that's the cool thing. So subscribe today. Everyone will know you're a member of the family. And it's a pretty cool family, if I do say so myself, to be a member of. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely amazing baseball fans out there. We promise we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.